You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. All right. Good morning, everybody. We are going to get started right now. If you could make your way to your seat, we are going to get started. If we could close maybe those doors right there to my left. The back ones are fine. Thank you. So I am a little embarrassed about this. I have a handout but I printed woefully too few handouts. I apologize for that, um, but I'm going to give out as many as I can if you want to share them. It will be projected on the screen as well, uh, so it's not that crucial, but for those of you that like a handout, maybe maybe uh, every other or something like that. My name is uh, Joe Collins. Uh, thank you. I uh, am. Uh, my wife and I serve in the full-time ministry up in uh, Simi Valley. We lead the Simi Church up there part of the uh, LA uh, Churches of Christ, and uh, it is a great honor to be here among you. We are uh, tremendously inspired and encouraged by uh, the, the, you know, every element of, of our church, all the different ministries, but singles is near and dear to our heart. We were both uh, converted when we were single. Actually, I was just ending college. My wife was, was, uh, was, we weren't married at the time, but she was converted after she graduated. I was at the end of my college career, so I never really had the campus experience. My entire, uh, foundation of my Christian life was the singles ministry. And, uh, when we went into the ministry, that was the ministry we led, and we just stayed with that ministry for many, many years until they turned into a married ministry. So, uh, we're very grateful for our experiences in the singles ministry. We feel uh, very near and dear to every person that is a part of that tremendous ministry. We've always believed that it is the heartbeat in many ways of the church. Our churches like to focus on campus ministry, but we really believe that singles ministry has so much more to offer and God can use in such an incredible way. So we are really honored and uh, grateful to be here. I'm going to say a prayer. And then we'll jump into our class. Father, thank you so much for this incredible event, for these great-hearted people who are here to uh, know you better, to grow in their walk with you, to fellowship with each other, to to make connections. And I do pray, God, that your spirit is with every person throughout this uh, retreat, that they are ministered to, that they are encouraged, that they encourage someone who may need encouraging. God, please uh, let your... Let your blessings flow this weekend. We're so grateful that we could be a part of such an incredible fellowship and have connections with people all over uh, the U.S. and even outside of the U.S. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the class is entitled Giving Justice, and it really is about resolving conflict. So it's not a class about social justice. It's a class about... (laughs) justice between two people about communication and how to how to resolve when that communication is broken a little bit more about me as i said i'm joe collins my wife lynette is with me and she's actually going to come up and be a part of the the program here in a minute um but my background is that before i was uh, a, a disciple i was going to school i went to school and got my edu- my uh, my uh, undergrad in psychology 
eventually went into the full-time ministry. And years into the full-time ministry, I had enough training in my undergrad to know that there was something we were missing in our fellowship, in, in how we worked conflict out with each other. It just seemed like we were close, but we could use some more training. So I made a decision to go back to school and get my counseling degree in uh, at what we call at that time marriage and family therapy. I don't know what the official word is nowadays. I did not pursue licensure. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm an educated therapist, I like to say. Um, but that's because I'm a full-time minister. My ministry is, I mean, my, my career is ministry. It is not counseling. Now, I know that there are many people in our fellowship and outside that have gone and gotten counseling degrees, and I am your biggest fan. I'm happy you're doing that. We need more people to go get educated in more ways, not just in counseling, but in all kinds of things, because that's what we need to do to grow and to thrive and to mature and to change and to do better by God and by each other. So what I'm sharing with you today is really a practical tool. It's something that comes from my, my background, my training, my wife and I and our marriage, and from just my experience as a minister. This is not something you need a, a degree for. It's not something you need to be uh, educated in. It really is a very simple outline of how to resolve conflict. We have found it in our marriage to be tremendously effective. We've uh, taught all of the married couples in our ministries this, this, uh, this outline, for lack of a better word. We, we've taught our children it. We've taught it to the staff in L.A. Uh, you know, it's something that we really believe is an incredible tool to help others in just sort of everyday communication. So I say that with a lot of humility. There are a lot of more experienced, better prepared, better equipped people to talk about conflict and conflict resolution on a much deeper level. This is just meant to be a practical tool for you to use. And hopefully it will be of benefit to you. I, I mean that with all uh, sincerity and humility. I'm not an expert it's just something we've cobbled together over the years, and we have found it to be very effective. And so we're very honored and blessed to be asked to share it with you. So we're going to start off here in Luke chapter 18, parable of the persistent widow. So I'm assuming you have a Bible or an app, and you can read along with me. And, uh, and then I think they're going to be able to project the handout uh, after I, we get through this little uh, passage here. So... Let's read the Bible, Luke chapter 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come back and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now, the minister side of me requires me to tell you this. That whenever you read the Bible, and in particular you read a parable, you have to understand its context. 
We are going to, and, and when it comes to a parable, you're going to have to understand the point of the parable. And let me say this. This parable is not about conflict resolution. Who here knows what this parable is about? Pers- well, what, what kind of persistence? Prayer. The parable is about prayer. It's one of the few parables that Jesus tells us what it's about right from the start. He says, I told them this parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. That is the purpose of this passage. So please do not leave here and think, oh, let me tell you how to resolve a conflict according to the Bible. Let me show you this parable. Because this parable is not about that. The parable is actually about persistence in prayer. And I would be remiss as a minister of God's word to say otherwise. That's what it's about. And it's an incredible parable. The other thing I want you to know about parables is there's usually one point in every parable. Even though they may be long, even though they may be complicated, we do a disservice when we read a parable and we read all kinds of things into every line of the parable. That's not the point of the parable. So you always have to get the point. And as we said in this parable, the point is to pray and never get up, give up. And as a matter of fact, at the end of the parable, there's an interesting freight line here. Verse 8, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's an intense statement right there. And really what Jesus is doing is he's connecting prayer with faith. In other words, is he gonna, when he comes back, whenever that glorious day is, is he going to find you praying? That's really the connection Jesus is making here. That's how important prayer is to our faith. It's something we do every day, all the time, consistently, persistently. We don't give up on it. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to look for those people who are still praying when he returns. That's the purpose of the parable. You say, well, what does this have to do with giving justice? Well, in the sense that this parable is about prayer, the answer to that is nothing. Because the parable is about prayer. But what's great about Jesus' parables is they always are in a context that we can relate to. Who here can relate to being in a conflict with someone? Those of you that didn't raise your hand are lying and you're in conflict right now. We've all been in conflict with someone at some point in our life. Now, let me ask you another question. And I'll just warn you now, raise your hand because the answer is everybody. But who here has ever felt like they couldn't get that conflict resolved? They so desperately wanted to get resolved with whoever that person was, but they couldn't get there. That's the context of this story. Here's a woman who has a problem, and she's looking for help for her problem. She's in desperate need, and the only person that can minister to this woman is this judge. But this judge is unjust, and he, he refuses to minister to her. So what does she do? She constantly persists, and she wears him down to the point that he says, I better give her her justice because otherwise she's going to attack me. The persistent widow is a great picture of what we look like when we're in conflict with someone and we can't get the justice we need. How many of you have had a conflict and and, and you felt like, okay, we talked it out, it got resolved, but they keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming and they don't feel resolved with you. I'm going to put before you that there's a good chance that you haven't given them the justice they're looking for. 
and vice versa. Maybe there's someone in your life that you have banged on the door trying to get through to and, and you just can't feel resolved and you really desperately want to be resolved. Perhaps they're not giving you the justice you're looking for. We can all relate to that. And so, when we look at this parable, there is insight into human nature. It's about prayer and the persistence of prayer, but there's insight here into our human natures. And one of the things that every human craves is justice. We all want it at some point. It could be a large justice. Maybe there was a crime committed. Or maybe it could be a small justice. Uh, Someone stepped on your foot at church. But we want justice for whatever injury we've experienced. So this whole idea is focused on really relationships within our fellowship or within your close personal group of friends or your family. I do not advocate that foreign nations should meet and process this thing and they'll resolve all their wars and all their conflicts. It's not what this is. It's really about personal interaction between two people. In the context of the church, it could be really revolutionary for you and for your circle of friends and for other people who may start applying it because it may help our relationships get that much better as we matriculate through life with each other because we are going to bother and hurt and offend each other along the way. And if we have a way in which we can clearly and simply resolve those conflicts and we get good at it, how much better will our Christian experience be? It also might help you in your circle of friends outside of the church, people that you have a rapport with and there's a connection to, and they're willing to to learn maybe some of this, and then you create a new pattern in your relationship with them, and it may benefit them and you in your relationship with them. It might help you as a parent with your children, teaching them at whatever age that, hey, this is a good and healthy way to resolve conflict. And let me walk you through the steps. I don't know how you're going to apply it, but I can tell you it's pretty universal. It can work in a lot of different scenarios. Again, it's not meant to be solving the world's ills here. It's just about personal connections between two people. But I really believe if you open up your mind to it, sort of learn the format, you will find tremendous success in your ability to give other people justice. And if you're able to teach them the same process, then you can teach them how to give you justice when you need it as well. So I'm going to teach it to you as if you're the person who is giving justice. I know you want justice. I know you're thinking right now of the people that have offended you and you want, you're going to go use this, but it doesn't actually work that way. It starts with you giving them justice and then teaching them how to return the favor. You follow me? All right. So. I think they're going to put it up on the slide now. There should be sort of just one sheet. Yes, and uh, yeah, they'll scroll through it. But it's basically five or four things to remember, four kind of easy to remember things. And then the result, if they're done right, most cases, I can't say every case, most cases they'll result in a person leaving you feeling like you understood them and you've given them the justice they're looking for and the benefit to you is that they're not still banging on your door, annoying you, constantly wanting to talk about the same conflict you had for five years ago. And then if you can teach them the same, 
and they're willing to do it, they're humble enough, they love you enough, there's, there's an interchange, then you can have them carry you through these steps and then you can receive the justice you so desperately crave from them and then your relationship can go to the next level. That's the idea. Hopefully I'm being clear. So I outlined it based on what's called civil court procedure. So I'm not a lawyer. So, you know, those of you that know this stuff, don't judge me here. I'm not a lawyer. But the idea is in a civil procedure, there's a simple process that the court takes you through. And you're not going to be able to change it. Once you file a civil complaint, it just goes in this order and you can't do anything about it. And that's maybe the first thing I want you to hear is when you give justice in this process, you have to go through the steps. You can't skip. The court system doesn't let you. We're not going to let you either. So the first thing, every uh, 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 step, every every the beginning of every of, of giving somebody justice or of receiving justice, the beginning of it is identifying the injury or the complaint. Everything starts there. So you have a roommate, and the roommate constantly uh, comes in at two a.m. and keeps you awake, wakes you up when they show up. I don't know what your roommate problems are, but something like that. And, 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 uh, or maybe you're the roommate. And it's better, let's put it that way. You're the roommate who comes in at 2 a.m. and is constantly annoying your roommate and they want to bring it to your attention. Well, it starts with the complaint. The complaint contains a brief explanation of why the lawsuit is filed. That's the civil definition. In our relationships, the complaint is, brother, sister, I have to talk to you about something. This has been on my heart for a while, and I need to get it off my chest. I need to, I need to work this out with you. So imagine for a second, remember I told you I'm gonna, I'm teaching you the system as if you have to give justice. It's the best way to learn it. And then you can practice teaching other people, and then they can give you justice too. Alright. So they've come to you and they've made this complaint. They've made it known what it is. Quick disclaimer, a lot of times the complaint might be two, three pages long. That happens. You know, we're, we're not always good at conflict and sometimes we just stuff it up and then all of a sudden we have to like all at once tell you everything that's been wrong with you since I've moved in with you. And it's a really hard thing to receive that amount of information all at once, but you can do it. Let me encourage you, you can do it. If you're humble and you love this person enough, you can do it. You can receive the information, and the key to that, when someone is just sort of dumping the information, the key is this. you got to be able to repeat it back to them. That's the key. And so, your job during this first phase, when there's a complaint coming up, is to just record what the complaint is. Listen to the whole conversation and identify the points of complaint. Nine times out of ten... It's usually one or two issues that, that has been expressed in many different ways. You come in late, you leave the dishes out, uh, you, you know, you, you don't, you don't walk the dog for me, uh, you're not nice to my mom, whatever the issues are, right? They come out all at once, but really at the end of the day, you might be able to summarize that as, oh, so brother or sister, what I hear you saying is that I'm, I'm really not paying attention to you like I should be. And a lot of times they'll go, yes! And when you hear a line underlined, when, when someone talks to you and they underline their statement, that's what that's called, verbal underlining, you know you've hit the mark. And so, the first part is to receive the complaint, 
unbiased, don't defend yourself, don't explain yourself. You're just listening to understand the complaint. You may want to defend yourself, but trust me, that will not help you resolve the complaint. You will have a chance to explain yourself later. Right now, you're just receiving the complaint. Who here is willing to do that with someone maybe they're thinking of right now, someone they care for? You know what? I need to sit down with them. I can tell that they've been bugged with me for a while, and I'm willing to hear them out and not judge what their complaints are. Great. You're already halfway there. The next step in the process is the summons and the response. The defendant must be notified of the injury and complaint and is required to respond. What I like to say here is that no significant conversation can occur without two people's permission. If you have a problem with someone and you try to explain it to them and they don't want to hear it, there's no point. You've all been there. You've all had someone who's not really interested in hearing your issue. No point. So you don't want to be that person. You've got to be willing to field their complaint. Whoever this person is that's coming to you, you've got to be willing. Roommate, child, brother, sister, friend, whatever. You've got to be willing to field their complaint. It's an, it's an agreed conversation here. Okay, I'm going to hear you out. Follow me? Yes. All right. Now, during that phase where they're explaining their complaint, your main priority is to listen and to understand. But that doesn't mean you can't ask for clarity or clarifications. And that is what's in, in civil court called discovery and motions. Discovery is the process of encouraging, uh, of exchanging information between the parties pre-trial. You want to get all the issues out before you try to give them their justice. If you don't let them finish, you're going to give them partial justice, and then they're going to be bugging you next week because it's they're the persistent widow. It's not going to go away. So as they're going through their complaint, it's really important for you to ask questions for clarifications. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm a human being. We're all human beings in this room. Human beings have one common trait. We get defensive. And we love to ask questions that are actually accusations. So, so bro, you came in last night again. I've asked you multiple times. It's waking me up. It's 2 o'clock. Bro, do you know where I was? I was studying the Bible with people <laughs> while you were sleeping. Is that what you're talking about? The night that I was out doing four or five Bible studies with people? conversation's over. That person knows you don't want to know and they know you're already being defensive and you're turning the tables on them and you only want to justify yourself. So the trick is to listen. Okay, what I hear you saying is I've been coming in late. When I Forgive me, bro. I'm so sorry. And you mean this gen- genuinely. I don't remember the last... When was the last... Oh, it was Thursday. Oh, it was Thursday. And in my mind, I go, oh, that was the day, you know, my best friend's grandmother died and I was over at his house. I'm not going to say that. I'm like, oh, you're right. You're right. Thursday. Okay, you're right. I did come in late on Thursday. That's an example. I'm making this up, but that's an example. So you might get some exchange during this process, but the exchange is for you to understand them. We used to call this making them feel understood. Don't ever say that sentence ever again. I absolutely hate that sentence. It's terrible counseling advice. You never make someone feel understood. You understand them. 
When you put that word feel in there, you're putting a buffer between you and them. And that is creating distance and they can sense it and they know you're not interested in giving them justice. So the goal is to just let them be understood. It is my job is to truly understand you when I'm receiving the complaint. Again, I know this is hard because you're the person receiving the complaint, but trust me, when you teach them this process, you're going to be grateful when they just listen to you and understand you. And they don't make you feel understood. You follow me? So, that's really important. Then, during this process, discovering motions, at the end of it, your job is to repeat back everything you understood in the complaint. And you're to repeat it back, again, not with judgment, but just so you got the point, you got it clear. So it might look like this. All right, bro, so what I hear you saying is I've been coming in late. That's been disrupting you. You get up early for work. Uh, uh, you know, I forgot to do my dishes the last couple of weeks, and that's really irritating you. You had friends over, and it was embarrassing. Um, and whatever the third one is, just leave it at those two. Is that the complaint? Yes, it is. Wow. Okay. I think I totally grasp that. What I'm hearing you say is that I've been pretty rude. I've been disrespectful. I've not really treated you with respect, and I've been just kind of taking you for granted. And so I'm coming in willy-nilly whenever I want. I'm not paying attention. You do get up early. You do get up at 6 a.m. I don't have to go to work till noon. You, uh, you, uh, you know, uh, I didn't do my dishes, and that was honestly rude, and I could have. I, I had the time, but I, w- I just decided not to. You're absolutely right, and I can see now that I have been unloving to you. Now... Right there, we're almost done. Right there, you're going to see a marked change in their demeanor. Almost instantly, they're going to relax. And, and you're actually looking for that reaction. Because that's how you know you got the complaint and you're now understanding it as they experience it. Okay? And then we get to justice. See, what's happening through this process the entire time is your heart is getting sensitized to their circumstance and to their perspective. And at the end, if you're anywhere, if you're at all worth your salt as a Christian, and I know you are, you can't help yourself but being, you can't help your, you can't keep yourself from being sensitive to their complaint now that you've gone through this process. And so what will generally come out of your mouth at that point is an apology. You know what? You're absolutely right. Last Thursday, I came in, I knew that it was hard for you, and I honestly, I, I, I didn't take any measures to try to be more quiet, more sensitive to you, and I'm sorry, that was wrong. And by the way, I could have done my dishes, I was tired, I'm not saying is that an excuse, but it's just, I just blew it off. And bro, I am really sorry, I have taken you for granted. Please forgive me. Now, if you've done your job through this whole process and they've truly gotten their complaint out, you can almost be assured that it is resolved right there. Especially if it's relatively minor things like that that come up a lot. Skipping ahead of myself here, but the idea of this method is do it all the time before you get to bigger problems. Now, for those of you that have been married or want to get married... If you don't practice this early on, what happens is, is three years go by where there's deep-seated attitudes over A, B, or C, and then you try to insert justice at that moment, and you'll get somewhere, 
But trust me, now there's a history of hurt and you're just going to have to do a lot of giving justice for a longer period of time to sort of undo all that damage. But if you learn to do it now and you learn to just put it into practice now, what you're really doing is you're preventing bigger problems from occurring in the future and you're slowly whittling away at conflicts that may have happened in the past. And, 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 and like I said, if you do it right and you're sincere, which I know you'll be, you'll see them calm down. And then it's done. Justice has been given. Justice has been served. We call this, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the repeating back, the final repeating back is called the hearing, a fair and impartial review of the complaint. And then justice is when the injury in the complaint has been identified, acknowledged, accepted, and deemed legitimate. It's when you own what you've done. Now, that's great for them. They've got their justice, but what about you? Because in the course of these interactions with your roommate or child or whatever, dating relationship, they have offended you. And believe me, all of us go, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but do in our head while they're talking. We all do that. And so the trick now is to say, okay, bro, sister, uh, I want to get some things off my chest and... And it would really help me if you could kind of follow this kind of format with me. I need you to just kind of hear me out, repeat it back, understand my complaint, understand my perspective, be able to verbalize it back to me so I know you really understand it. And then I'm going to need you to give me my justice. And if they can do that, it'll radically transform the dynamic between you and that person. And going forward, it'll just get better and better and better. I'm not trying to oversell this. I'm not saying this is, you know, one pill and everything goes away. But but trust me, if you just practice it, it's such a good habit that little by little over time, it'll improve your ability to communicate with your friends, your close loved ones, even a stranger on the street. In that case, you generally don't expect them to give you justice back. You're just diffusing their issue. But in every other case where it's a relationship it will serve the relationship and make it that much better. Okay, so here's what we're going to do now. My wife's going to come up, and we are going to be very transparent, and we are going to have a fight right in front of you. It's an old fight that we've had, but it is still a fight, and we will relive it. And what we're going to do, come on out, baby. This is my wife, Lynette. This is your mic. What we're going to do is we're going to reenact the fight, and then at some point, I'm going to engage the, the whole justice formula, and then you can watch how it plays out. And this, you know, is a little bit pretend, but it actually is a little bit real. This is a real fight that we've had, and we have had to resolve it. Sorry, we, we have had to resolve it. So, be gracious. Yep. Okay, here you'll, we go. You'll understand when you hear it. You'll okay, know. So All the ladies will know why it's real. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to date myself here, but... Okay, scene. So, honey, I'm going to take the dogs up to the park. I'll be back in about an hour. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Um, I know the last couple of times you took the dogs with the kids, you put them in the back of your truck. Yeah, so? And in the back of the truck, I don't feel like they're safe. Would you be willing to put them in the cab? Babe, they're fine. It's, it's up two blocks away. It's not a big deal. They'll be fine. They like going in the back of the truck. Maybe. But the little one especially, you can leave the big one in the back, but I have this little one, it's like 
four pounds, and if it, you just get an accident, it's going to pop right out and die. She's, she's referring to the dogs. The, the dogs dog are in the back of the truck. Little white dog. It's true. No, babe, it's my favorite babe, little dog. The dog is not going to get out of the truck. She's so tiny. Nothing's going to happen. Why are you so on top of this? It's ridiculous. I, I, I know it's a kind of picky, but I don't feel like the dog is safe. Hey, it just takes a little picky. accident. It's, it's con- honestly, honestly, it's two blocks. You just need to drop. It's not a big deal. Well, I'm going to be mad at you. If that dog dies, I'm never going to forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's true. I will never forgive you. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Wait. So I can tell, sorry, I can tell that you're getting angry. I didn't realize something's happening here. What, what's going on? Tell me. I am angry. I actually was angry the last couple of times because I've mentioned it every time and you've always blown me off. So what I hear you saying is that you have been mentioning it to me that the dogs, you don't want the little dog in the back of the truck. You're in particular afraid of her falling out or right. something happening. Yes. And then my daughter, Sophia goes with you and she sees that when I ask you, you don't do what I ask. And it makes me feel like she's not going to respect me either. So I get really Ooh. upset because I feel like you're showing her that what I think doesn't matter. Okay. So there's from layer, the there's, dog, there's layers <laughs> from the dog to the daughter. Yes. Um, what I'm hearing you say is that I'm, 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 it's really unnecessary for me to put the dog in the back of the truck. It's not a big deal mm-hmm. that I put her in the cab. And on top of that, it's a better example to Sophia. Is that right? Yes, I would really appreciate that. Is there any anything else? Is, you know. I uh, know that's it. I just I would like you to do it for me. I don't have to. You don't have to agree with me, but if you would do it for me, and that would be helpful. So I'm hearing you say that I've been taking the dogs to the park. I've been sort of carelessly putting the little one in the back, and that's been really bothering you. And you've tried to tell me and not really listened, and. I've uh, been a bad example to Sophia in the process. Yes. Thank you. You know, uh, you're right. I actually did hear you say, don't put the dog in the back. And I, I did think it wasn't a big deal. And I honestly wasn't thinking about your feelings. And so I am. I'm really sorry. And uh, sorry that it isn't a good example for Sophia. Please forgive me. Thank you. I forgive you. All right. Thank, Thank you very you. So in our family, because this is, this is a normal conversation, like happens all the time. Okay. Um, so the rule in our house though, is the second someone gives someone justice, the rule is they have to give justice back because there's always a two way street happening. Yes. And this is why I'm teaching you how to do it. So you can teach your friends. And then when you guys work that out, you'll enjoy how the process goes. But if you expect justice from someone who doesn't know how to give it, it's going to go nowhere. So you're going to have to teach them. So this is what usually happens after that. So um, I would like to hear your complaint. I'm sure that I've been, uh, there's something maybe I've done that's injured you as well. Well. <laughs> it's uh, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I, I, look, I can understand the dog thing fine. I, it's hard for me. It seems over the top, but I think the thing that happened there was that you suddenly had, it went from the dog in the truck to me being a bad parent uh, to our daughter, and that just seemed a bit over the top. Like I don't think you needed to add that part. Okay, so what I hear you saying is that 
I took the complaint, my concern about the dog, to a level and added things, especially so Sophia, it made you feel like you're not a good parent or express concern about your parenting, and that was hurtful. It just seemed unnecessary. It was like over the top. It was like you're, you were, you know, beating me over the head. All of a sudden, I'm a bad dad, as opposed to just, you know, hey, don't put the dog in the back of the truck. Okay, so what I hear you saying is that I took my feelings and expressed them in a way that I said you were not a, you were not a good parent, and you're a bad example, actually, yeah. to Sophia. Yeah, you, you accused was, me. I accused you of being a bad example, mm-hmm. when really, you're a great parent, and so... It was just, uh, I took it too far. Yes. Okay. Is is there anything else? No. Okay. So thank you for telling me your injury. And I can completely understand, because I do it most times, (laughs) that when I feel something, I start adding a lot of information and taking it to levels that it doesn't need to go. And I got emotional and I attacked you in, I think, an effort to want you to hear me. So I took it up a notch and I'm sorry that was hurtful. And you're a great dad and you're not a bad example. And honestly, it's your decision, and I need to submit to it anyway, but thank you for listening to me. Amen. Thank you. All right. I don't know our time right now. I want to be sensitive. Jeez, we only have a couple minutes. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I want you to find the person sitting next to you, and we're going to have you practice doing that. Okay? Now... I know that the person next to you may be a stranger, so just make something up. We have five minutes to do this, so you have to do it briefly. But the idea is, is for one of you to practice going through the steps, hearing the injury, the complaint, asking whatever questions for clarification, um, uh, explaining, uh, 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 sorry, being receptive to the complaint, then asking any questions, and then at the end, give them their justice. And I know you can make it up. There are some people that look like your friends, and they actually went right to each other, so apparently there's an issue there. But for most of you, it's just a practice. So, five minutes, try it out, and then we'll close out with five minutes of just Q&R. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm sure that wasn't enough time. But uh, hopefully you got a chance to sort of try it out. So what we're going to do now is we're going to close out with um, what I like to call question and response. And I call it response because in all honesty, I don't have answers. We just have responses. And so um, what I want to hear from you is just a question is fine or an experience of how it went. But to recap, there's the injury, there's the complaint, there's the summons, there's the response, discovery, emotions, hearing, and then giving justice. The idea is recognize that there's been an injury, hear it out, ask whatever questions necessary to understand it, and then own it, right? That's simply kind of put it. And then... In the process of owning it, your heart gets soft, and then you're able to give them the justice they look for. Like, okay, yeah, I've been kind of a jerk, and I am sorry, and and all that. Okay, so that's the outline. Question, comment, whatever. Go ahead. Yeah, please. Yeah. Whatever you want. Nice and loud. You got a loud, loud. Well, 
I don't know. Is there? I don't know if there needs to be on a recording or if there needs to be a mic. I, I don't know. I can throw a mic at him, and then he's gonna take my order. And then, just so you know, there's one over Thank here you. when he's done. Cool. And you said, what was the last part? I didn't hear you. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying I was going to throw the mic at you if you needed one. Perfect. I thought you said I need to give this to someone else. But nope. anyways, thanks so much for the lesson. It's awesome. It's really funny because I use this stuff in my work. <laughs> and I feel like I'm better at using this stuff in my work than in my personal life. Right. Sometimes. Especially when it comes to voicing my heart, it's easier to be passive and feel like, okay, I'm going to keep this in. And I think part of it is just fear of losing the relationships you have or things like that or something blowing up and being passive in that way. But in work, it's like, oh, I'll do it. You know, like, right. well, I'll get in it. Great point. You know, um, but we just like used it now and it was great. And thank you. So oh, I, I can go much. on, but thank you. Thank so, you very much. Yeah. So there's someone over here. I, I'm trying to warn the guys. Uh, so that they can get... You got to just pick one. You just pick who you can find. I heard my name. <laughs> um, I have a question. So at what point do you say the person's defensive that you're trying to share your feelings to? And they're just not getting it. They're just not understanding it. At what point is it like, okay, we're not getting anywhere? What do you, what's that next step? Because you don't want to force, you know, you don't force it. Yeah. But, yeah. That's great. That's a, that's a tough, uh, it's an honest question, and it's tough. And um, what I would say is, because I don't have an answer, I have a response, is it's really you reading that, and you might voice it. You might say, you know, uh, sister, I really want to work this out. It doesn't seem like I'm doing this well. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe a, another time would be better, or is there something I'm doing that's not um, working for you? So what I'm trying to say by that is you might need to give them justice first because maybe they've had an, an issue with you and get that resolved, then they'll listen. That's really the key to this is it's really about communication. So we're not just trying to resolve everybody's problems with us. We want to have relationships with these people, and the way you get there is you resolve their issue with you. Then they're more receptive to your issue with them. Uh, I don't know who's got the mic. He keeps running around. Right here. Hi. Thank you. So um, I want to echo what this brother just shared. I'm, I really appreciate the lesson. And um, the sister sitting next to me, she and I were on vacation a couple of weeks ago, and something happened, and I have not been able to process how to uh, resolve the issue, but um, I'm, not, I'm not angry anymore because we were able to talk through it. <laughs> so thank you. Um, in fairness, we'll go here and then if someone can go over to that side because there's a few people over there. Yes. Good morning. Great. Thank you so much for being vulnerable, first of all, because this stuff is hard, but I am so grateful that you're bringing it to our attention. The one thing for me is because I've gone through GR and I've done so much work, the forgiveness part, when I ask somebody else for forgiveness, it could kind of be a, um, a weapon against them because I'm asking them to do something for me. Right. So for my experience, I always need to apologize, take full responsibility. I am sorry I have hurt your feelings mm-hmm. and then leave oh, it at yeah. that because um, just for me and that's my experience. Great. So thank you. That's awesome. That's great. 
Yeah, this is really good. Thank you. I'm, um, I'm an educator. I've been teaching for 25 years and it's kind of funny because I do that with my students. That's what we do. We yeah. conflict resolution. We talk, yeah. you know, when they're bickering about stuff, I'm like, okay, sit down, let's get it together. You guys better figure it out. You know, you know, so, and I'll sit there and watch them. So I feel like for me, they help me and being a disciple for over 23 years has been encouraging because it's able to help me to be, learn how to do it with my, my brothers and sisters or even people, my people that I don't know that I'm not that close to or yeah. just outer friends that are not in the kingdom as well. But this is really good. I'm, I like that there's a, I love that idea. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I'm hearing the, okay. I'm just hearing the theme. I think a lot of you guys have, uh, maybe feeling the same way that it's easier to resolve conflict or help others resolve conflict when you're not emotionally involved. And so when it comes to you, that's really about getting yourself out of the way. So two more, cause I see the hallway filling up. So wherever you guys can get a mic to, yeah, right there. So just advice. Um, the other day I really blew it. And my ministry leader had to call me on the phone. But um, something was said in a lesson that kind of triggered me. And I was, I wanted to, like, let the person know. So I did. And I think the first part of me letting the person know, and this was somebody I didn't really know, was fine. But then I didn't feel like they were, like, getting it. Right. And then I... And when she called me, I felt bad and I cried, but then the next day I felt like I repented, you know, but, but then I became very disrespectful and I was like saying like, that was my opinion and it was absolutely right. And then some other people saw that and, you know, and so I feel, I I definitely have planned to go and talk to that person, Good. but I think there's a lot of times where we have done the injury and we need to initiate that. That's right. right. Like that's what I'm feeling very heavy in my heart since that night that the next time I see that person, that's the first thing I want to do. Fantastic. You know, and, and, and also make sure that I fully understand what I did so I don't do that again. Great. Thank you. you know? I just got the uh, cut my head off sign, so we're going to end it there. You guys Sorry. have been great. Have a great rest of the retreat. God bless you. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.